Welcome to the e-commerce lab by EcomC. This is the place for everything related to Amazon's private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomc, the place where everything related to Amazon FBA, private label, and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, your host, founder and CEO of Ecomc, and today we bring you another special guest. His name is Christian Max, and he's one of the partner and head of U.S. operations at Nextoria, which is an amazing M&A advisor firm when it comes to supporting founders when it comes in the commerce space towards the exit right so and that's actually going to be today's topic we're going to be talking about all the things that you need to consider when it comes to preparing for exit how's the market looking right now when it comes to exiting and also we can even touch about buying actually an e-commerce business with sometimes you know that's also an interesting topic to touch especially for those founders that already exit and they want to enter the game again so christian uh, welcome to the show how you doing my friend I'm doing very well, Vincenzo. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure, Christian. Thank you for being here. Uh, I think um, when we got introduced by Ivo about what you guys do in Nextory and also about your role in the company, I was very excited. I think, uh, you know, you guys be in the space for a while now. And I think uh, it's a very interesting topic, you know, when it comes to exiting, especially in the commerce space, it's, it's, a, it's a hot topic, especially the last two years, which I bet you remember uh, with... <laughs> All the crazy aggregator, uh, you know, coming to the space, buying businesses like crazy, having seven, eight times multiples, crazy times. And, you know, it's something that people nowadays still talk, especially those that miss the boat, as they call it. They, they couldn't exit. They're still looking for, you know, the right advice to exit in today's uh, basically 2023. And that's something that I'm looking forward to, to discuss with you. Um, however, before we jump into that, <coughs> I know uh, people is, is is looking forward to that. Uh, I want to touch a little bit about you. Uh, I usually like to learn about, you know, my guest background, how they, they got to what they're doing right now. So I'm pretty sure we can learn something useful from that as well. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about who is Christian, how you jump into the commerce space, and how you start working with uh, Nextoria, yeah? Sure. So um, my, I'm, a, I'm actually an attorney by trade. So uh, after I went to law school, I also um, got an got a MBA as well. Nice. And after I got out of school, I actually took a fairly non-traditional route in that I went to work for the, the government. So for the state of Florida, I was the head of our entire cannabis regulatory system. Yeah. And so I built the Florida's medical marijuana program from, from nothing into a, wow. a very large uh, statewide program. And so after that, I, I left the state when wanted to go do stuff in the private in private practice. Yeah. And um, just just in working in I, I started as a regulatory lawyer and I get more and more involved specifically with that that industry in M&A, which around, you know, 2018, 2019 was really taking off mm -hmm. and um, really enjoyed it. Uh, really, really loved the work. 
um, that industry got very, very uh, top heavy, very, very corporate um, because yes. it, it basically most of the M&A was done by very, very large public companies. But I got to work on a lot of large deals with some very sophisticated buyers and sophisticated sellers as well. And I had the opportunity to shift over to work with Nextoria and do e-commerce, which, which I saw a lot of parallels between e-commerce and where the cannabis industry was in like 14, 15, where there was huge multiples, very inflated yeah. sales, um, yeah. lots of people trying to just create assets out of nothing and flip them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, but it, it normalized, right? And, and I saw that kind of coming with e-commerce as well, which was this kind of, explosive growth, it, it eventually starts following the, the laws of economics, just like every other business eventually does as well. And so I got a chance to shift from one, you know, very fast growing, interesting industry to another. And, and frankly, I like e-commerce more because um, we get to work with a lot of um, founder led companies, a lot of people who, I mean, build these things out of their garage, out of, you know, yeah. their, the living rooms with their wives or husbands. And, you know, we get to, because we have a very, very long, um, uh, we, we can work with clients for, you know, two or three years without charging a fee in order to mm -hmm. get to that exit. We, we can get to know these people. We, you know, we, yeah. they, they, we're like members of the family and then we can kind of help them realize their dreams, move on to something else. Um, or, or maybe start another e-commerce business, which a lot of our clients end up doing as well after they sell. So yeah, that's me. That's, in a very, <laughs> that's a very exciting journey though. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, awesome. So now, um, let's start bringing to the table next story, you know, because I feel like a lot of people might wonder sometimes like, why would I need any advice? So when it comes to exit, maybe I can figure out on my own and, and do it myself. And, and I think this is a question that I bet you get a lot. And I know, of course, the huge benefit that comes to working with somebody with Nextory, but I think it would be nice if you can give us, you know, a little bit of insights about what are some of the, the, the pros of working with any advice such as, such as Nextory when you're doing this important decision of going towards an exit, yeah? Sure. So, you know, our sellers, we, we, it runs the gamut from people who are, um, this is like their first time they've gone through M&A versus yeah. other people who have done it for, you know, multiple times and are serial entrepreneurs. Um, one of the reasons why, you know, behind Nextoria starting in the first place is because we saw a disparity in the market between um, the sophistication of the buy side versus the sell side. You had a lot of investment banking people, you, you know, very, very sophisticated financial people moving into the buy side and moving into the aggregators. Um, and the, the sell side, the people are very, I don't want to create the misapprehension that the people on the sell side aren't sophisticated. They're yeah. very good at building these businesses. But when it comes to the actual transaction of selling, going through yeah. due diligence, going through the marketing of your business, finding the right buyers, um, building a market. And then finally negotiating um, a lot happens at that one yard line before you, you know, when you think you've got that deal before you mm. actually have the deal closed. Yeah. Then it drops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also very tedious. Like it, it's it uh, to do it, to do an exit correctly and to maximize your company's value. There, there is a ton of work. And if you shortcut that work, you, you just, all, all, the only thing that hurts is the, the bottom line when you actually try to sell the business. And so, yeah. 
what we find is, you know, we are, we are part uh, analysts, we're part therapists, we're part broker, we're part, you know, um, just bulldog at the end to make sure mm -hmm. that what you agreed on is actually what the terms that the buyer ends up selling. So, yeah. you know, we can walk through that whole journey. Um, but I'd say at the end of the day, what we do is the sellers are absolutely excellent in order to kind of get on, get on that radar and, and to be appealing to a buyer. You are excellent at something. Um, and that's usually building a brand and then fulfilling fulfilling your customers' desires and being able to to demonstrate value to the customers. Yeah, we are very good at taking your company, positioning it in the best way possible, and then finding the right right buyer type um, and and moving that that actual business through the sales funnel. That that is our core competency and what we do all day. Every yeah. Yeah, and I think you, you said that the perfect thing, which is putting the best face forward uh, of your business, because sometimes you can have an amazing brand and, and, and product and, and everything, but if you don't have all the the back end fully clean, like, and I mean, your accounts, everything in terms of operations, how you actually even do all the legal things on the back end, and then you put the bad face forward towards these potential buyers, that's when you usually see a, which again, that's the gap you guys saw in the market of these amazing people coming from m and and other space that they had experience taking. I wouldn't say advantage, but just like, you know, you can get cheaper deals because this seller, unfortunately, didn't know how to put the best face forward. And that's where I think you guys can definitely bring the extra value, which is making sure, you know, you're on the side of the seller, making sure they're actually getting what they deserve, right? They're getting then uh, taken advantage by by the fine print on, on the contracts, you know? <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> now uh, let's, yeah so now let's talk about because something that i found very interesting as well and people you know always want to le learn about these things is how we actually prepare for this moment because you know sometimes you as a founder your only your only focus is uh, you know uh, making sure you're branding some point uh, talking with suppliers on your advertising but sometimes you don't really have the time to actually make sure the things that sometimes matter such as you know having your pnl on point and things like that are, are doing properly and that's what hurts you towards an exit so my question for you is based on all the experience that you've already been having all these years working in the space um, and being in the middle of these trans transactions what are the things that you will say uh, a founder in the commerce space from day one should be keeping the the their attention towards that thing that you think can definitely affect a lot when it comes to to the exit. Yeah. So if you're a founder today and mm -hmm. and you look you're looking to sell in the future, um, the things that you should be doing, like right off the bat, is you should be how you should have an accountant or at least a bookkeeper that is helping mm -hmm. you keep good. Um, accrual based financials mm -hmm. and that your PLs are clean um, that you make making sure that your IP is whatever IP you have is protected mm -hmm. um, making sure that your you know your business organization your employee relationships your supplier relationships are all very clean tidy mm -hmm. your contracts are clean um, and that's really where we um, where we come in like that first, the first couple meetings that we're going to have with you, it's almost like a boxing sparring partner where, yeah. you know, before you go into the fight, we're going to, we're going to ask you the same questions and we're going to go through the, sometimes we're even harder than the buyers are of rooting out 
you know, any issues that, because whatever we see, the buyer is ultimately going to see when they yeah. go through due diligence. And so we yeah. try to, we try to um, make sure that we can fix anything that we can. If we need a little bit more time, we recommend we take a little bit more time to fix nice. everything that we can. And then the stuff that, you know, some, sometimes, you know, like you have a post COVID dip, but you, you have a, you come up with a way to explain that. So like, Yep, everybody had a post-COVID dip. Our dip was less than the the market. We beat the market. Mm. We're positioned well for the future. Um, you know it, that that can go through it, basically anything. A, a lot of a lot of businesses that we see, everybody has a little something that they they need to yeah. come up with a good positional statement as to what's going on with their business. That's what nice. one of the things we help with. Yeah, and, and and when it comes to the commerce space, you know. Um... Of course, when, when we talk about commerce, not only Amazon, we also talk in different channels, D2C, etc. And and I, I was wondering, um, now that you're in the space and, you, and you've been seeing, overseeing uh, all these deals, like, is there a specific trend you see investors being more uh, focused towards? And what I mean is, will you say investors right now are more uh, heavily focused on businesses that are more a marketplace focus or having their own presence outside of marketplaces, which is more D2C. What is usually the, the balance there? What is, what is the, the hot, right, when it comes to investors looking for that? Yeah. Uh, well, th definitely a couple of things. So one of the th interesting things about Nextory is that we are you're an international company. We don't just nice. specifically focus on Western Europe and, and North America, mm -hmm. specifically mm -hmm. the United States. Um, although it's it, obviously there's a there tremendously huge market. One of the things we've noticed is a lot of international companies looking to get market share in Western Europe or specifically in the United States. And they leverage, you know, acquisitions of, um, of interesting online companies in order to start getting market share in the U S. So, you know, supplements, uh, the last year supplements has been absolutely huge for us. And we will have mm. international supplement companies that are like, well, we want to have a nutraceutical company, in the United States with, you know, a good manufacturing partnerships and they'll, they'll use that acquisition in order to get market share. Nice. Um, the last year of a macro, a macro trend we've seen is with the actual type of buyer. So as the, mm. yeah, as the aggregators have kind of declined yeah. and, and plateaued, the strategic buyers are very hot right now. So mm, okay. that's one of the things we'll figure out when, if you, you know, the, the, one of the one of the key differentiators between buyers when you're a seller is like, do you is your best if putting your best foot face forward? Are you kind of a great company just on a spreadsheet? Like, are you basically an annuity that's just going to spit off cash? And if you are, financial buyer is probably going to be very interested in you, even if you don't have a particularly sexy brand. If you have a very sexy brand and you're filling a very interesting marketing niche. Your value mm. is probably greater to a strategic company than to a financial buyer because mm. the value of your company is is probably significantly higher than just what your spreadsheet math is. Yeah. Um, and so you know, with with pet, with baby, with supplements, like the um, we have really gone out, gone hard after very large, uh, you know, international strategics because those guys are interested in gobbling up these smaller companies for, for market share or to find, to, to access customers inorganically that they couldn't um, with their own product offerings. 
Nice. That's very interesting. Yeah. So I guess it's yeah. basically right and starting from, let's say you're a European brand and you want to enter the US, right? And starting from scratch, you buy a US supplement brand and you have, you start from at least instead of level zero, you start from level three and you, and you build from there, right? So that's the strategy. Right. Basically. That's yeah. right. Good. Uh, now, when it comes to um, another thing that I'm also seeing the space, and maybe you can share some light here, and, and this is an interesting uh, trend I have seen, is like, we always talk about, yes, there's an opportunity for all these amazing brands that have then a nice spreadsheet, as you say, or have a, a unique IP, etc. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there is also, I'm seeing some brands that they're struggling. They have a nice product, they have a nice brand, but they are just struggling because unfortunately they, they don't know how to operate. They're amazing creators in terms of branding product, but they just know how to execute. And and the reason why I bring this to the table is because sometimes even if the numbers are not amazing, but you have something really uh, unique, but it's just that you don't know how to operate it, maybe there's also an opportunity there when it comes to exit, right? Yes, um, that's right. I'll say that, you know, what the two things really just, just to be honest with you and, and to your listeners, like mm -hmm. when the buyer psychology, when they look at a company, the mm -hmm. first two questions they ask is, are they profitable and are they growing? So if you're not, if you're not growing or your, your sales are declining or, and your margins are, are flattening, um, that's, that's a, a negative out the gate. Yeah, now you can overcome some of that. And, and again, buyer psychology, you, not being a, you, not, you as a founder and as an operator, not optimizing your business is not necessarily a deal killer because the buyers look at that and they're like, this nah, is it's, a, it's an opportunity. Yeah. For, yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm getting a discount because me and my people, we can take this company, we can yeah. optimize it and exactly. we're going to get the upside. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's it. That's a That's a careful line you have to walk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You have to be like, this is, this is a, a good company. This is, there's a lot of opportunity, but this is, this is a good company. You don't want to just say that this is a mismanaged company because if, if a buyer gets the idea that your company uh, is, is mismanaged or not optimized, like they might be worried that there might be liabilities or, you know, other issues that are deeper down yeah. and actually dig in. Yeah. But to your point, what you said is, is a very good point, which is even yeah. if, don't be afraid if you're not 100% optimized, that's, yeah. that's a, that's an opportunity yeah. for buyers. Yeah. I bring this to the table because sometimes when I go to events and stuff, I definitely meet amazing inventors. They have an amazing pro. They have an amazing, they're really solving an issue. Like they have IP and everything. It's just that they're more in the mindset of, you know, innovating and branding and all. they don't really know how to maybe do the advertisement. They don't really know how to find the best supplier. They don't really know how to do the other things that make a, a brand successful. And I feel that sometimes this is a, you know, a gap in the market for these brands that they have potential, just they need the right operator to come in as a partner and um, buy them out, you see? And that's why I wanted to bring yeah. this to the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, um. Another thing that I also find uh, interesting about what is happening in the exit space is uh, there are different ways of uh, exit, uh, basically strategies when it comes to the the deal you you close with the buyer, right? So I have seen you know a hundred percent buyout. Sometimes they do more a uh, uh, a split in terms of you know part of the uh, the buy part of the equity, but this, uh, the founder stays in, into the equation. So what is what are the type of deals you are seeing more and more 
uh, common right now? Will you say are more 100% buyout or is more like what I'm seeing personally, which is the founder stays as part of the equation because they have realized that if you take out the brain sometimes of the brand, uh, you could be an amazing operator, but if you don't know how to make the brand reach their the vision, uh, you might struggle. So. Yeah, I, th what you described is, is definitely more and more common. Um, that's part of the fact that it's less risk because mm -hmm. so typically what, what a buyer, like the, the, the less the buyer can pay up front and the longer the buyer can keep the existing management mm -hmm. team intact, the less risk there is. Mm -hmm. So that's all, that's part of the negotiation. And from our, from the seller side, buyers can ask for that then sellers can ask for compensation as well. Mm -hmm. So like you want the CEO to stay on for another 18 months. Well, that's, that's going to cost a little extra. Um, mm -hmm. And you, you know, as a seller, you're not required to sell to anyone on terms that you don't like. So it, they need to make it worth your while in order for you to agree to the agreement. But mm -hmm. um, yeah. So the terms that you described, so, you know, um, Payment terms that aren't necessarily 100% cash up front, you know, uh, maybe, you know, a certain percentage being deferred down the road or yeah. some of that percentage being performance based um, in the future. And then keeping at least some of the key management team intact um, is quite common. So if you're a seller, um, specifically, like if you have vendor, like very important vendor relationships or like in some way your personal brand is wrapped up with the is closely wrapped up with the actual company so say you have um you're a d2c company and you also have a blog and you have a podcast and like mm -hmm. you've built this amazing um customer base that is very loyal but they're sticky partly because mm -hmm. they like you you're probably going to be asked to stay on for some period of time um mm -hmm. in order to trans transition out um that's it and actually and that's now that you mentioned that 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 brought some idea to my mind which potentially if the buyer doesn't want to rely too much on you in the long term then we could open the debate that if you are the type of business where the brand is your face you are the the, the person that actually makes the brand then that could be a red flag right <laughs> yes so this is that is that is a it's not a yeah it's it is a it yeah. is a little, a little bit of a complication when you're selling so um if you're building a company to sell and you are a component part of your company yeah. and like your, your face your name is important to your brand and to yeah. customer base you need to have a plan and that's yeah. also something that we can help with um you need to have a plan for that company's success if you mm -hmm. aren't necessarily a part of it um But I mean, it's, it's totally doable. Like, I mean, people sell YouTube channels, people sell podcasts. Yeah, um, it's good. So it's, it's possible. It's just, uh, it's something yeah. that you have to consider. Yeah, of course, of course. And now the other thing um, I want to bring to the table, which is what I briefly mentioned at the beginning is, um, you know, we are all talking about exiting, but I bet that maybe you have encountered the scenario where a founder does a su successful exit with Nextoria, but maybe then they're, uh, you know, They get all the payout and they will actually want to buy another business and, and, and grow it again with experience and everything. And it will be interesting to learn a little bit about this format as well. So um, when it comes to buying, it, it, what is usually the first step as well as a funnel? Let's say I have a big exit, right? 
as a buyer, I, I guess it's similar. You give me, a, I give you some criteria based on my budget and everything, and and then it goes from there. I guess right, the process. Yeah. Right. Um, so basically, then, to my understanding, is like you're you're curious about like what. Yeah. If you're a buyer, first time buyer, like what are you what are you looking exactly. for? Or what should that's you right. be looking for? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's really just the mirror image of what we recommend sellers to become. So like what we, for buyers, what you're looking for is a company that's profitable, company that's mm -hmm. growing, company that has a well-established, well interesting, um, mm -hmm. unique brand, um, and something that doesn't have uh, legal liabilities, financial entanglements, that it's a fairly simple company to, um, to acquire, pull out, and for, for them to manage. Um, frequently what our buyers, you know, when, when we're approached by a buyer, they usually have, um, an, an industry or a, you know, a niche that they're interested in. And they're like, we, we're interested in, in this type of company in this region of the United States or in this country in Europe. Um, what do you have or, or mm -hmm. who do you know that that's selling? Um, and then from there, really, if you're in that space, and you're you have a great brand, and you're you you have a well managed financial company. Then then we're gonna we're gonna give you a call and try to connect you to that buyer. Nice. And on that specification sheet, they they might give you. Will you say they're becoming more and more specific when it comes to the channels? And what I mean is, have you seen are you seeing some kind of uh, yeah, some patterns where investors keep mentioning more Amazon, 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 or maybe Walmart, or maybe other channels. Or what are some of the main channels you you would say are the hottest when it comes for seeking for those channels? Yeah. Well, D to C is that, so. What I would say is that what what I've noticed over the last eighteen months is much less like specific emphasis on emphasis on FBA. Mm -hmm. FBA is still popular, but F, one of the reasons FBA is so popular is because it's simple and it's easy to audit. Um, yeah. it's easy to understand and it, it there's there, you know there's one channel that you have to focus on whereas omnichannel is more it's complicated and yeah. yeah it's more due diligence yeah. but um you know if we if we say that somebody even if you're fba but they also have you know retail partners like that's mm -hmm. that's not a that's interesting our buyers are interested in that um, DTC, I mean, we have, you know, we have a nice stable of, of leads with, you know, people who are on Shopify or just straight DTC. Obviously Walmart is, is rising. Um, what, what I would say is if you're a seller, um, and, and like you don't, don't be afraid if you're on multiple channels, like that, you just have to focus on FBA. That's not, okay. that's not what we, our experiences is. And I would say that's specifically for um, that that has direct correlation to the rise of, of strategic buyers, because you know strategic buyers frequently are buying for growth or they're buying to access new customers. Mm -hmm. And so, if you have a nice broad appeal across multiple platforms, you're even more appealing to a strategic than just one pipeline on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Because you so, did the heavy lifting, basically. You already opened those channels, yeah. yeah. You're there, yeah. Um, and, you know, the, if, they, if they buy it and they don't like one or two channels that you're involved in, they can call and they can... They can because now they own your brand. They can, mm -hmm. they can shift it. And frequently, a strategic will take your brand and they'll push it through the pipelines they're in as well. But um, 
I, so to answer your question specifically, I think D2C has definitely become more popular with buyers than it was, say, you know, in 2022. Um, I think people, more and more people understand uh, the logistics of selling online versus uh, when, you know, this was really just exploding three years ago. They, they, a lot of buyers just didn't, but the, everybody's more sophisticated now. The industry's started to mature. Nice. Interesting. Now, uh, a final question so we can conclude today's episode. I ha a, and I bring this question because actually I, ha I had a conversation with, with this guy, uh, which I thought was an interesting final question to bring, which is this guy's an inventor and he his only concern is that by selling the business, he will have to give away all JP and everything. Uh, he made an interesting question, which actually I have never heard around discussing, which is, let's say you have a nice invention, you have patents and everything and you exit. Have you seen some kind of exit strategy where you become some you you keep some kind of royalties or things like that, or is that something really buyers are, are trying to avoid at all costs? <laughs> I haven't seen that specifically, okay. um, but like we, I don't. Most of our clients are like existing businesses rather than guys who are kind of um, more focused on inventing, but. As an attorney, I would I would say that you know your deal structure. If you if you have just a very clever invention and you don't yeah. want to build a whole business around it, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean that's something that certainly I would advise you to do. Which is um, you do a you find somebody who is interested in licensing your IP and then they pay you a royalty. I mean that's what like that shark very time very much. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and not everybody. You don't just if you have a brilliant idea, it doesn't mean that you have to build an e-commerce company around yeah. it. Like this, yeah, yeah. patenting. But I just love to do inventing. You know, not operating. So, yeah, of course. Vincenzo, you might have a new business channel. Maybe, maybe yeah. you start a an, an IP licensing company. <laughs> no, I, I, it's 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 interesting because I really have. Um, a couple of calls with with uh, people that they reach out to me. They show me the product is amazing, but they tell me I, I don't have the time or the experience to operate it. So do you have somebody that would want to you know license this for me and buy it? And and that's why the question came to my mind because it, it's an interesting model to explore. So you know, yeah, yeah. So if you wanted to actually build that business, some I'm I'm sure you know like you you could find you know there are there are very sophisticated. You go to any conference in e-commerce, mm -hmm. you find people who you know manage um, e-commerce companies for other people that manage that's the right. sites, do um, everything that goes into those businesses. Um, so I would say hire a very good uh, IP lawyer and have a very strong, you know, yeah. equity agreement and a very strong royalty package and licensing package. And, and you can sell that package or you can just go straight to the straight to the source of the money and go find a big, a big company in your industry. Like go find Nestle or L'Oreal yeah. or I don't know, whoever and try to license your IP to them. Yeah. Amazing. Good. So yeah, very interesting conversation. So you know, thank you very much for for being on the show. I think we we share a lot of you know nice strategies and tips. So uh, I, I know people is gonna find this episode very uh, you know helpful. Um, now before we conclude, you know, I wanna use the last minute or so so you can tell us more how people can reach out. I bet there's a lot of sellers listening and watching this episode that maybe are on that journey toward exiting or maybe buying a business. So how people can reach out to you and get in touch with you and the team uh, next story. Yeah. Sure. 
Our so our website is nextoria.com and you can get me at Christian at nextoria.com. It's my email address. And um, we are we are venture backed and we are global, which means that we you can work with us anywhere in the world. Uh, we charge you nothing and we have no problem working with you for several years. If you're even if you're just kind of interested in selling, but, you know, you're not quite there. We are happy to work with you um, over a long timeline in order to exit. That's what we do. Um, and we we do nothing but, you know eat, sleep, and breathe, getting good deals for our clients and, and helping nice. people exit and uh, go on to big, great things in the future. So yeah. uh, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah, awesome, Christian. I'm going to make sure to put all the information down in the description for everybody to see. And yes, I want to thank you once more for your time and being on the show. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to have you in the future to yeah keep exploring how the exit space has been evolving. So yeah, can't, can't wait. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Vincenzo. I really appreciate it. Pleasure, Christian. See you to the next one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.